Hey guys, this is Leticia. And I'm Raina. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Talk. Talk. So we're two young adults who are just trying to figure this thing called life out. So join us on this journey as we figure it out together. Hey guys, welcome back to Real Talk. We missed you guys. We have not been here in about two months, um, but we've been doing a lot of different things and Raina is not with us today. We miss her, but she will be back soon. But we do have a very, very special guest with us, my wonderful friend, Matthew. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to have you today because we are going to have a really, really good conversation and a really needed conversation yes. in the Christian community Definitely. on counseling and therapy yep. for believers. Yep. So the other day I was on Instagram um, and you posted something. Mm -hmm. You posted a story of you doing Christian therapy mm -hmm. and you said how everyone should do therapy. Yep. Um, and I want to talk about that okay. because I don't hear a lot of people as believers doing therapy, mm -hmm. but I've heard that it's really important and really good. So go. what, first of all, what made you post that? I just wanted to, you know, be trans, it was kind of random and I wanted to be transparent. I have my random <laughs> transparency moments on Instagram, Yeah. but, um, when I experience something good, I want others to experience it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to just keep it to myself. You know, it's just like. When you first got saved, you want everybody to know when you get a new car for some people, they want everybody to know or, yeah. you know, a, a new accomplishment. And for me, that was a new accomplishment for me because I'm the type of person I'm very naturally. I'm just like secretive or I'm closed off. Okay. And so I hold a lot of things in and doing therapy, especially with a Christian therapist. It really just helped me have a different perspective with life and, and just understand that not everybody's out to hurt you, but there's people who want to actually love on you. There's people who actually want to <clears throat> show you that grace. There's people who want to just be genuine with you. Yeah. And and I wanted to be genuine with myself. There were some things that I was carrying from years, like just baggages that I just wanted to just let go. And I wanted to share that. And I And you know, in today's society, everybody's walking around so angry, so bitter about something. And you really can't move forward without, without you know, letting things go. You know, you can't experience true freedom if you're still holding on to things. I don't care how many times somebody is preaching at you and the message may feel good or somebody can tell you, you need to let this go. But if you don't let it go, if you don't find a way to let it go, then you're still, you're, you're going to be stuck with it. Yeah. And it's going to be extra baggage yeah. on you. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. And Literally, after I saw your story, <laughs> I went and signed up for counseling yeah, because good. it's something that people, even, you know, my <clears throat> aunt, my mom have always said, you should get counseling because, you know, counselors really help you to name certain feelings mm -hmm. and name um, maybe certain things you do that you've done your whole life exactly. and you don't realize are dysfunctional, but exactly. it's because you grew up that way. Yep. Um, it seems like a normal thing. Um, so how long, or when did you start counseling? So I started it, um, I started it in the second week of May. Okay. And then I ended it, um, the last week of June. Okay. Um, so short term. So yeah, started it. And what made you start it in June or no, in May? Like why May? So I have, uh, one of my really good friends, um, 
and we were just like you know chatting we went to um school together mm -hmm. and seeing how we used to like party so much and just like <laughs> do so many different things together and then see his life turn around and then he like you know when he gave his life to christ mm -hmm. and on top of that like you know he went to therapy and he said like he just you can just see the difference in him and i was just mm -hmm. like i was just like man like i want what you have like you know like you know we're both saved but it's just like you're different yeah like you know you're not holding on to the same to the same like pains or the same um burdens that she used to hold on to you just look lighter you just you know look so free yeah and we were talking he recommended me he's like no nah, you have to try this mm. and then the next day he was just he texted me he was just like you're gonna do this wow you know and he recommended it to me um and i was like you know what i was nervous i was scared I waited a week, and then I was just like, you know what? Let me just do this. I have nothing to lose, but yeah, you know. yeah. And and I, I I haven't started yet, but I start on Tuesday. And mm -hmm. like, what can what what can I expect, or what can anyone that might want to do therapy expect from a therapist? Because I think sometimes we think like we see therapy in movies mm -hmm. where you're like laying on a couch and <laughs> you're telling all your feelings <laughs> and stuff. But like, what does therapy actually look like? So. Of course, you know, we're in a pandemic right now, so you can't go face to face, yeah. but, um, mine was a video call. Okay. I actually just want, I wanted to see the person, like, you know, who I was talking to. Okay. Um, but don't expect somebody to come and fix your problems, you know, because we run to Jesus for that. We run to God for that. But the whole point of therapy, whether you're paying for it or not, is, you know, somebody giving you a different perspective to, um... To how to look at your problems, really, um, and how to look at life, um, and we can do that with um, with friends, but friends can only give so much advice. Mm -hmm. You know, they like our friends enable us more than you know, giving us a different perspective. Mm -hmm. If you tell them a problem, not too many of our friends can tell us like, "Oh, you're wrong." They'll probably like gaslight the situation because yeah. they feel for you. Yeah, you know, they know what type of person that you are. And not to say that, you know, my friends aren't wonderful friends and they don't give sound advice, but let's be honest, we're too comfortable with our friends. And, yeah. and so we're probably going to do the opposite of what they say. Um, but with therapy, just expect, you know, somebody who's who's there to listen to you, not because of like, you know, you're paying them, of course, but like they actually care about you. At least I was lucky to, you know, be matched with a therapist who actually like cared about me and, um, we, we just talked, we just talked about like, you know, life hmm. We're just, we just, so just expect, um, like, do you, you have know. to, so are, are you super vulnerable in therapy? I, I, I was you personally were? for me because I was ready for it. Yeah. I was ready for it. And it yeah. was also like the mindset that I went into it too as well. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm not about to, um, continue a generational cycle. Mm. You know, I said, I just want to break it right then and there. And um, I wasn't expecting him to, like, fix my problems, but I was just expect like, you know, I just want, I really just wanted somebody to listen, you know, in, in a way where it's like, you give me a different perspective, like, yeah. this is how you should go about it. And, and it, I don't know what it is, but it was because I'm not familiar with him mm -hmm. and I'm more familiar with, like, you know, the people in my life. It was, for me, it was easier to, to listen to. Um, yeah. Mm. And so would you say, like, what are some things your therapist really helped you with? Because I was, so I'm, I listened to this podcast called Family Life Today, mm -hmm. right? And on the podcast, they always have, like, different licensed counselors and things like that. And <clears throat> the counselors really talk about how 
they help their patients like name emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Because especially like in the African American community and mm-hmm. the Hispanic community, unfortunately, a lot of the times we as children, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not allowed to express your emotions. Exactly. You know, whatever emotions you have, you're told to, you know, or it's kind of changing now, but it's still mm-hmm. it's still heavily in this. But you're told to, you know, shut up or suck it up. Or, yeah. Or why um, are you depressed? You have a good home, exactly. air conditioning, food, and other it's people. Like, depression has nothing to do with what you have. Exactly. You know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we're we're kind of told those things growing up. So I think a lot of the times, like we don't know how to even express emotion. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, like. I'll have a lot of emotions internally, but like only one thing will come out or like, I'll just be very like nonchalant, Mm -hmm. but like inwardly I have like a million things I would want to do, but I just don't, I guess I don't know how to bring it out or I don't feel comfortable bringing it out, you know? Um, and I think that has to do with a lot of how I was trained up or how I was raised up. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm used to kind of keeping those emotions inside. And so like, would you say that therapy, um, they help you to name those things and to pull those things out? Like, would you say that that's something you experienced in Christian counseling? So personally for me, I was already a person. I could kind of name my emotions. Um, because that's how I, um, grew up. I always knew that if I was sad, I was sad. If I was mad, I was mad. And somebody, like, you know when somebody's like, oh, you're just mad? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I'm not mad. I'm irritated. If I was mad, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But um, they they really, it it depends what you go in with. Okay. So um, I was telling my own therapist about my job situation. And the problem was, my, my um, thinking at the time is, oh, my job is too much, they don't care. Mm-hmm. But the problem was, it wasn't that they didn't care. It's that they hear you, but they don't hear you because you're just passive with your feelings. You don't want to offend anybody mm-hmm. about how you feel. And so, so yes, like, you know, they help you name those things. <clears throat> and the biggest takeaway that um, I got out of it was avoidance. You know, I had this problem of avoiding things. I'm not very confrontational. I can be like, you know, if it's like, you know, another person, but when it comes to myself, I'm not very confrontational. Yeah. And so it's kind of like looking at yourself, like, oh, you're the problem. (laughs) Like not Mm. other people are not the problem, but you're the actual problem too. Mm. And that's one of the biggest cycles that I wanted to break was just not being like, you know, so like self-destructive or um, self-critical. And that, that was a thing that, I needed to attack. And so, <clears throat> yeah, like avoiding um, like emotions and feelings. Mm-hmm. I can feel a lot of things and, and people would like, you know, somebody ask you, how do you feel? I'm okay. You know, but inside I like I'm burning inside. Yeah. But now if I say I'm okay, I explain that like, you know, I'm, my day was okay. It wasn't like the best, but I'm okay. As in like, you know, I'm still here. I'm living, but like, you know, this is what's going on. Mm. You so know, you can, so like, explain things I, I can explain things better without feeling like I'm stepping on people's toes. Yeah. And so how, so you said that one of the things the counselor helped you with was um, avoidance, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of us experience that. Yeah. Because we live in a generation where we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm-hmm. We don't want to 
um, step on anyone's toes. We don't anyone. We don't want anyone to look at us different or look yeah. at us in a certain light because we're standing up for exactly. ourselves. But it's important, and we have to yep. do it. So, um, and I mean, that's something I struggle with. Mm-hmm. I can be very open and very, you know, this, this, this with certain people, but then with other people that I might feel like are smarter or um, are higher up, I might be more quiet mm-hmm. just because I'm like okay, maybe I don't know enough, maybe, you know, and it's kind of that avoidance thing of um, maybe I don't feel good enough or important enough to be able to speak to those certain people Mm -hmm. about certain things. So how did your therapist help you to talk about those different things of to, to kind of cut that avoidance out. To cut that avoidance yeah. out. Yeah, or, or no. steps to do it, because I'm sure a lot of people that are listening yeah. have that same problem. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's just really, you know, talking about the uncomfortable. Mm. It's and so it's, simple. It's, 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 it's literally just so simple. <laughs> um, it's so funny, my boss, like the place that I work at, not only, like, you know, he's my boss, but he's a licensed um, psychiatrist. Okay. And, um, as well as he's a Christian too, as well. Mm. And so like, so it's it's like, I was getting therapy at work, but more so like, you know, I was avoiding that. And then my therapist was like, nah, you gotta, you know, you, you have to talk about it. And so the avoidance thing is just like, you know what? I could sit here and avoid it, Mm -hmm. but the problem's not going to get solved. Or I can be uncomfortable for a little bit and it's going to be better. And so what it really taught me to, to really think about is how do I want my environment to be and how do I want the atmosphere to be around me, mm. really? Um, whether if it's dealing with another person or myself. Um, for me, avoidance looks like, I can explain this feeling. When you avoid a feeling within yourself, you know when you're mad, but you don't know why you're mad. Mm-hmm. Like, you that just happens don't know, to me all the time. You don't know why you're mad. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's... Like, you know, for example, growing up in the church and as Christians, because a lot of things are sinful, you know, we can avoid the fact that these sins very much live inside of us, but then we can pack it with scriptures and and all these things and say, like, we're quote unquote, like, free from this. But in reality, it's just like, it's just like buried. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we avoid it rather than attacking it. Like, this is what I'm going through rather than saying, like, you know, if you, if you look at language, somebody can, like, I can say, for example, I'm free from, um. Uh, let's say, let's say drinking alcohol or something yeah. like that. But in actuality, I just force myself to like stay away from it rather than um, seeing that I have a problem. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just not going to drink it anymore. But every time I see it, like I want to grab it, mm-hmm. you know? And so like that type of avoidance, like it really taught me like, you know what? Like there's an actual elephant in the room. Stop ignoring the elephant. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't walk past it forever. Yeah. You know? And so really thinking about like, if you don't speak up on something, then it's going to sit there and it's going to grow and it's going to, before you know, it's going to, it's going to weigh down on you and it's going to be more uncomfortable rather than, you know, attacking it right then and there. And so do you feel like that's a lot of that, that reasoning is a lot of the reason for why we occasionally do, maybe we're mad and we don't know why, or we're mm-hmm. sad and we don't know why. Do you think it's because we push so many things down? Most most definitely. Really? Most definitely. I, I really believe that when you bury things they always tend to come to the surface and mm. you bury it again you're gonna keep packing dirt but if you if you have like that imagery in your mind it's gonna like continue to pile up yeah. to the point where you just can't ignore it you really really can't ignore it anymore i don't care like whatever 
whatever you try to do to like to like bury it or come about um whether you got hurt from a past relationship or whether you know something happened to you and and you're like i don't care whatever type of hobbies you try to you know to pack on top of it to make you forget it it still happened yeah you know and that's that's the feeling that we have to deal with the uncomfortableness like it's still happened and what if so okay pertaining to that right like what if that um you're angry one day and you don't know why and then you realize yesterday you were holding some things in towards someone right Mm -hmm. so what is the line between um sharing things with someone that is on your heart and then keeping what the bible says to try to keep peace with all men do you think they go together or do you think that because i guess for me sometimes i would see keeping peace as just being quiet not saying anything but do you think that in order to have that peace you do have to speak up i think you know a lot of times there's wisdom in that Mm -hmm. before like you know before this whole like therapy thing I wanted to just stay quiet. Mm-hmm. But that was me just avoiding the situation because it was very uncomfortable. But now how I look at it is... And it's still uncomfortable, but I still force myself to do it. But sometimes you just have to speak up to keep your peace and to, for, the other, for there to be peace in the situation. You know, what good and sense does it make if somebody else is walking around, they don't even know what, what offense is on your heart but you're still bitter about the situation. So is the situation really peaceful or are you, are you holding your own peace? Like you're withholding your own peace. So the other person can benefit from it mm. rather than you both benefiting from it in a two on a two way street. And, um, but what if that person that you need to make peace with, mm-hmm. you know, their personality, you know, their characteristic and you know that they won't take it well, even if you say it in the most gentle, loving way. And so I, you know, how would you say to it's, go it's, it's about going, that? It's going back to what my therapist told me, where it's like some people are just not going to take it. Yeah, you know, and how, like, you know, that little simple piece of advice, I took it in so many different ways, mm. and so I stopped looking at, I stopped looking for um, peace and people's apologies, you mm. know, and and for me, I started looking at, you know, whether they hear me or not. I got it out of my heart mm. and I cannot control the other person and how they receive things. But in order to keep peace, so I'm not bitter, even if they do something to me, I'm not going to do something back to them. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't want to be that bitter person. So it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, like we think peace has to be like, you know, we have to sit together at a table or something like yeah. that. And, and, you know, like in reality some people are just not going to like us you know even as christians we're not going to be favorites we're not going to favor some people yeah you know but peace is just like you know when you're both not holding on to a situation and it's just like you know there's genuine like uh peace between you guys like if you guys see each other oh hey how are you keep it pushing but um even if i know somebody's going to receive it a certain type of way i still have to do it Mm. you know and that's something that i learned where um, my boss, um, he also says like, you know, like if you have to attack a situation or deal with a situation, he would say, um, and you're telling, and you're, and you're saying like, oh, this person's going to react like this. He would say, but you're telling yourself that story. 
And so it's that, like a story you made up in your head. Yes. And even though sometimes you may be right yeah. and sometimes you may be wrong, he wasn't like, and he used to make me mad. Like, I'm just like, you don't understand. Like yeah. I've been reaching out to this person or whatever. And he's just like, you know, like he's not teaching. He's not telling me that to be like, you know, a pain or anything like that, but he's teaching you how to attack situations. So, you know, for yourself, mm. so you know that you did it, that you know that you attempted to make peace rather than. Rather than like, oh, I'm just gonna leave the situation alone. Yeah. Well, the elephant's still gonna be in the room. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be five years down the line. You see that person. You're gonna the first thing that's gonna pop up in your mind is like, I haven't seen this person in a long time. But it's more so gonna be like, this is what this person did to me. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you're still holding on to it. Yeah. You know, but if I let you know my offense, and even if you don't receive it well, what you do with that information, and what I do with how you received it. Is on like you know us individually. Mm-hmm. So. And what you said about assumptions is good too because a lot of the times like I think we don't go into things and we don't do things because like you said mm-hmm. we make up a story in our mind on how the other person is going to respond. Mm-hmm. And I heard this story one time in this book I was reading, and it was about a woman who was at the gym, and there was a girl in the or a woman in the. Um, the treadmill next to her Mm -hmm. and the girl next to her was like running fast and she was just moving. And the girl next to her, the, the one who's telling the story, she's on the phone, like walking slow and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess the woman looked over at her kind of angrily because Mm -hmm. she's on the phone while she's exercising, you know? And so from that day on, the woman telling the story thought that the other woman had something against her the whole time. Yeah. Like she made up this whole story yeah. and she was like, she doesn't like me. Every time she walks past me, she looks at me a certain type of way and weeks passed. And the woman that was standing next to her saw her again and was like, Hey, how are you doing? And mm-hmm. just had this whole conversation with her. And immediately her assumption was gone. And she yep. was like, Whoa, I realized I just made that whole story up in mm-hmm. my mind. And, like, we do that <laughs> we all do the that. time. We do that. Like, I remember even at uh, school and undergrad, like, you know, I would, be, I would be walking through, like, the calf. And people would just, like, stare at me. And in the, in the back of my mind, because of, like, you know, like, growing up, like, in, in this area. Yeah. And, you know, going to high school and middle school, you know, people were just, like, going on you and everything like that. And so it's just, like, <laughs> it's just, like, that's in your mind. Your yeah. mind is not, like, you and know. And so you think that of everyone. Think, exactly. You think, yeah. like, oh, somebody's talking about you there was a point in time if like if i'm walking people and i hear people um, laughing behind me that insecurity would kick in like oh they're Mm. talking about me and they're not even paying attention to me at all and so like it was you know i would see a specific group like a table just like staring at me every single time i walk into the cafe because they sat at the same table one day like you know walked in and you know i like fashion and everything like that yeah they stopped me they're just like Every time you come in here, you're so well put together. Like you look really, really nice. And we're, wow. And like you know, and they that were looking at you for a good reason. And like, but in my mind, I'm just like, I'm just like, yo, what was I thinking? You wow. know, I'm over here thinking the worst and yeah. telling myself that story. And here, people are just admiring you from afar. And it's just like we tell ourselves these stories and assumptions all the time. And and it's not life. <laughs> it's not life at all. Yeah, and it's not fair to the other people because exactly. we immediately X them out exactly before we even have said hello to them. Exactly, we X them out or we mm-hmm. we deem them as evil. Yeah, you know, and it's like yep. they actually were admiring. Exactly, you. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, but that's the enemy. 
Yeah. That's literally the enemy planting yeah. that in our mind saying, no, that person has to, if that person's mm-hmm. looking at you and laughing, they have to be talking exactly. evilly about you. Exactly. You know? That's crazy. Um, and so as a Christian, would you recommend that other believers go to Christian therapists or would you say that, you know, um, go to any therapist? What What's your like thought on that? So, um, you know, the Bible talks about in Proverbs twelve fifteen. it says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds um, counsel is wise. Mm. So my recommendation is a Christian therapist, okay. no doubt. Um, you want to, somebody who you can identify with, mm. um, with your struggles or who knows how to adjust your struggles, yeah. um, in a proper way. However, you know, I think about it in terms of just like, you know, everywhere we go, whether if it's a Christian environment or not, it's always a teaching and a learning environment, mm. you know, and you can be, let's say if you work at a job or something like that, um, and you're, and your um, supervisor or boss is a, of a different religion, but those are the ones who you never know that could be your mentor in the long run. So I would say shoot for a Christian therapist. Yeah. But if you've exhausted all your options or if that didn't work out for you, you know, somebody who is very wise and won't like necessarily lead you astray. Yeah. And so um, I'm, I'm not against, you know, somebody who's not uh, a Christian therapist, but you also want to take into account, like, you know, who you're sitting under and who you're giving your time to and and um, the outcome of it too as well. Because the whole point of it is, you know, you want somebody who can point you back to God. Yeah. But at the same time, you want to, like, be able to release these baggages too as well. And so if you have somebody who's just kind of, like, masking it, like, masking it, masking it, masking it, and not really, like, doing the job it, it could be void for, for real for real mm. well that's good advice well is there anything else like you would just say to someone that's considering getting therapy or um yeah just anyone that you know even has a bad idea about therapy because i mean growing up to therapy has always been seen in a bad light you know, people have seen therapy as, oh, she's going to therapy because she's crazy, you know? <laughs> and I think now because there's more mental health things and more, you know, just more opportunity opportunities for that, um, it's definitely seen more and even talked about more in churches now. You oh, know, yeah. people make shirts now that say Jesus and therapy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What would you say to those people that are kind of on the edge? I think you really just have to sit down and assess yourself. Don't do it because the next person is doing it. You're going to waste your time. Really understand where you are in your life and try to, you know, like, I, that's why I had, like, that week-long battle. Mm. Because I was I was thinking, like, do I need this? Am I turning my back on, on God if I do this? You know, am I depending on another person? And how bad do I need this? Is it necessary? And I very much did need it, but... You know, that was what was going through my mind. Mm. You know, I didn't just jump into it because I saw the change in my friend. But I had to really sit down and understand, like, is this what Matthew wants? You know, is this what is this what I'm going to go through with? Am I going to commit to it? And um, <clears throat> am I ready to receive help? Because mm. oftentimes we can ask for help. 
we can ask somebody to pray for us, but give it some time. You're going to go right back to that thing. If you're not ready for it, if you're not ready to like, give it up, you know, if, if, if you, if you're ready to give up, you know, a habit or a lifestyle, it's not going to look like, you know, I'm, I'm just ready to give it up. You're going to have relapses. You're, it's 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 not a it's not a pretty process at all. Yeah. There was there was times where um, even with like you know when I started therapy, thirty minutes I would try to find it like thirty minutes before like you know the session I would try to find every excuse to say we need to reschedule we need to reschedule, mm-hmm. and but every time like you know I didn't reschedule, it it was it was necessary. Yeah, it was very much necessary. So you actually really have to like sit down and think like. You know, is this what I want to do? Because you're going to have, like, that back-and-forth battle every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, every single time. Yeah, so I would recommend, like, doing it. You know, if you if you really want to see yourself, you know... Um, like, get to your full potential. Get to your full potential. Like, yeah. you know, who God has made you and called you to be. Um, oftentimes, we're not able to to do that. You know, we're, we're trying to you know, serve God and still hold on to those baggages. And, and it's, it's heavy on us. You know, I told myself, like, I don't ever want to be that hypocritical Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen, um, there was a specific, uh, uh, man of God, popular man of God and everything like that. He was dealing with like some secret sins. And when he, like, there was like reports coming out, but when he passed, like all of that stuff came out mm. and it's just like, I don't want to be like that. You yeah. know, I don't want to, you know, serve God. And then in the end, like, you know, like I just didn't make it or, or it was all in vain. <clears throat> like it was literally all in vain because I was having my cake and eating it too, because of like, you know, the things that I was holding on to because of like the burdens that I was holding on to. Um, I struggle a lot with like, you know, reassurance, um, just, um, just to know that, like, you know, somebody loves me for me, mm. you know, and I, t- and I told myself, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, um, go into, uh, a relationship with my future spouse and I'm acting very toxic towards my future spouse because of like, you know, the past baggages, yeah. you know, because of like the past relationships and I wanted to let that go. So it's one of those things where if you're really like, if you're really ready for it, it's, it's not hard, but do understand it's like, uprooting a lot of things out of there yeah you know? and that is hard that, that is hard <laughs> getting you know? honest with yourself that literally if you have like think about having a thorn in like the palm of your hand and if you don't take it out the skin starts to grow around it mm. and before you know it becomes a part of your hand yeah so imagine like somebody trying to take that out now now it's not like you know like it's an easy slip it's like all of that thing that it um all the skin and the cartilage and everything under the skin that attached to that thorn it's now. A part so of you now it's a part of you now yeah. so it's going to hurt more but at the end like i always say like you know i um i gave my friend a, a scenario like you know oftentimes we think like letting go of an issue or letting go of a problem is um it's like you know we have to heal ourselves that's not what it is you know if if, if i have that thorn and that thorn in the middle of like my palm got, and like you know you're holding it like this because it hurts and God is just like, you know, like, you know, let go of it. I want to heal you. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, no, it hurts. Like, you know, it hurts, but you're holding it. You, you clearly see the blood um, coming out of your hand. But the more you close your fist, the deeper it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And God is just like, all you need to do is just release your hand. Release the, um, release that grip. He's the one who's going to pull it out. 
Yeah. But we want to hold tight to that grip. And and that's literally what it is, just letting go of that grip. We're not doing any of the, the healing. He's the one who's doing all that healing, pointing things out. We just have know. to let it go. We just have to, literally letting it go literally means just like releasing your grip. It doesn't mean letting go of the situation. You can let go and still be hurt. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But you have to allow it to be treated. You have to allow, like, you know, like the antiseptic, antiseptic to be, you know, like placed in like whatever treatment that they need to, um, be treated before it heals again. Yeah. So that's... That's a good analogy. Yeah. That's a really good analogy. Um, And I guess we didn't really talk about it, but, Mm -hmm. like, give us, like, a few minutes of, like, how you came to know Christ. How I came to know Christ? Because I know it could be a really long story, but, like, just give us a few minutes, like, of why you even came to Christ in the first place. Because I don't think Mm -hmm. anyone, you know, really... Anyone on here knows what you went through. And I've heard it before, but, like... I want other people to hear okay, what okay. you came out of and, you know. Okay. Um, I mean, growing up, I was always in the church. Um, I've seen real Christianity through my mom mm-hmm. as she's, like, changed and progressed. But I was always under, like, you know, her prayers and her fasting. <clears throat> and um, I remember when I used to be at um, ODU, um, I was kind of living, like, that double life because it was, like, it was... It was just, like, all that I knew. You know, go to church on Sundays, but, like, the weekdays, just be a different person. And um, on top of that, too, like, I was just struggling with, like, so much identity issues, you know, like, download homosexuality and all that stuff. I was just, like, struggling with just, like, everything. And I was just like, you know what? Like, in 2015, I just wanted to, um, I got invited to a conference, and, um, and I was just like, you know what? I just want a personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, you know, I want to see what the, I've heard about like Jesus all the time. It's just like, I was one of those Christians where it's just like, you know, I know the word, but at the same time, I didn't have a relationship with him. I was just like, you know, it's not going to hurt anything. It's yeah. really not going to hurt anything. From that point on, it wasn't like, you know, a walk in the park. It was not like, I felt like, you know, people think when we come to Christ, that's it's everything's going to be taken away no <laughs> literally it was it was one of those things where where i my eyes just opened to like who i truly was mm. you know and even you know the years following that i started avoiding that mm. you know and i tried to mask it from from like you know just like this good christian like you know a good christian man i try to put that on top of like everything instead of dealing with the problems mm-hmm. and you know um i would have like people pray for me but i'd still go back to the same thing you know i would have you know talk to different people still go back to the same thing but until i was ready to like you know truly let it go um along with like therapy and everything like that and talking about those things mm-hmm. that's when i really realized like you know i was holding on to it like with a tight grip mm-hmm. you know i was holding yeah. on to it with a tight grip so I came to know Christ back in February of 2015, but you know when I really started to experience Him, honestly, was like earlier this year, wow. like truly on, like you know. So it, it was just like you know the years before that I was just like masking it, masking it, making it look good, but secretly dealing with it. Mm. But you know now that I'm honestly truly dealing with it, I feel like I feel like I'm just at peace with myself. Like I feel like you know what. Um that reassurance that I was looking for in other people, I have it now from like Christ, but I, I had to love myself first and I had to give myself that. So 
and that's what I wanted and you know that's what I wanted all this time yeah and you know to try to keep up with the image it was it was tiring so I was just like you know what Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) you said I can't I can't hold on to that anymore exactly and that's the thing too like um loving ourselves how God created us exactly you know because I think we are in a generation now that says, you know, you got to love yourself. You got to take care, you know, self-care mm-hmm. and all that yep. stuff. And I agree with that stuff to an extent. To an extent, exactly. But you're loving yourself because God, the mm-hmm. the God of the universe said, this is exactly how I want you to look. Mm-hmm. You know, when he crafted us, it says he He knit us. Exactly. And knitting is so intricate. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, it's he, so, it's... like he literally perfectly crafted every single one of us and i think exactly like just having to relearn that because when we're saved it says he gives us a new heart and a new spirit yeah but we still have to renew our mind oh, because yeah. even though you have something new you still have everything else is still the same mm-hmm. you know you still have the same body you still yeah. have the same um the same thoughts mm-hmm. in a sense you know yeah and so i think that renewing the mind part is so important so, as, really as important. Christians because it's so easy to like just continue in old ways even though you have a new heart and mm-hmm. you have a new spirit you can still continue in the same life because you don't renew your mind exactly and I think that's a big thing with a lot of people today like a lot of people I believe truly gave their life to Christ but yep. they don't renew their you mind it, and so they mm-hmm. continue in the same pattern you continue in the same pattern you're gonna get tired you're gonna want to throw up with it but and, you know, and people wonder, to do it. And people wonder why, though, they're not free. Exactly. They wonder why they're still going to the crappy guys or the crappy girls. Mm-hmm. And they're still falling into the same patterns of, you know. The one-night stands, yeah, all that stuff. And the partying all the time and, and the needing those highs. Yeah. And they're wondering why. And I think, you know, we need that reminder that the Bible says to renew your mind. Mm-hmm. The Bible literally says to talk about the word word all the time, to write it on the doorpost, exactly. to talk it, talk about it, and you're coming in and you're exactly. going. Exactly, like live it. Literally no, to live soak it, it and, into yourself. And, and, and that's the thing, and literally that's the thing. Um, even with, like, you know, random, like, side tangent, but um, with social media, I kind of, like, stopped posting it, like, you know, the word out there because I wanted it to be, what I believed in, what I lived before mm-hmm. I put it out there. Yeah. And so I think, all, like, you know, like going back to the avoidance thing, you yeah. know, we want our Instagrams and our social media and everything outward to, to look like that. But on the inside, it's literally empty. It's literally the opposite. And, you know, you're just only fooling yourselves. Yeah. You're really just fooling yourselves. And so that's why, like, you know, seeking wise counsel, like, you know, don't just stop at therapy, but like, you know, have a community too as well who can tell you about yourself who yeah. you, and who you can be open with too. Um, we, we hold on to a lot of these things and we, because, you know, it makes us feel good, but deep down, you know, you want to get out of it. Deep yeah. down, you know, you want to step away from it, but you're not doing anything about it. And so like literally the first step, you know, is just submitting to God and then seeking wise counsel. But, you know, um, yeah. 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 And I mean, even what you said about the whole social media thing, like mm-hmm. I, in June, I literally took the whole month and just stayed away from social media. Mm-hmm. And that's like a whole nother topic. But oh, yeah. like, it, it's true. Like you can get so caught up in like sharing and like, I love to be transparent on social media because I think that um, 
and I mean, I'm trans, like, if anyone asks me in real life, I tell them to. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just social media, but, you know, I like to be transparent on social media because I think people need to hear it. Mm-hmm. And we have to feel like as a, as a set of believers and as people, like, other people need to hear real stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't sugarcoat stuff. We can't not talk about those deep things. Um, but I had to take a, a, a step back from it because social media is really great at like making you feel like in a sense you can be on top of the world. Oh, oh you yeah. know, like that, it can really like boost your ego oh, like crazy. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm, I'm notorious for like just randomly disappearing for like two months at, yes. a, at a time. Like I won't even tell anybody and somebody will come and text me like, did you delete your Instagram? I'm not following you again. If you make a new one, I'm just like, I didn't delete it. I deactivated, but that's fine. Like, yeah. you know, if you don't want to follow me, but I just need to disconnect because yeah. you're just so filled. And uh-uh. and it's like you're renewing your mind with social media. So yeah. then you're always wanting to post. You're always yeah. checking who's looking at your stuff. You exactly. Know? And so I really had to take a step back and say, okay, like, Leticia, you're doing all these things. You're you're doing all of these things and you're, um, you know, sharing all of these things and that's great. Mm -hmm. But like, what's going on in your heart? You know, what's going on in your family? Exactly. And I I started to realize, and this is like a really transparent moment, but I started to realize like, I'm super vulnerable and super open with other people. Mm -hmm. And, but when it comes to family, Mm -hmm. it's like so hard to like be transparent. It's really, really hard. And I don't know what it is about family, but, and I don't know if it's the enemy or just us, mm-hmm. but with family, it's super hard to be transparent. And I don't know if it's we're afraid that they'll judge us or because, I mean, family does judge you harsh, oh, yeah. harsher than your friends and yeah. everything. Um, but I started to realize, like, dang, I'm really transparent and really open on social media, but my family doesn't even mm-hmm. necessarily really know me. Yeah. You know, and so that's also why I wanted to take a step back because we can you know, put ourselves out there and, and, and strangers can know what you did yeah. today, but your family doesn't even really know you. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, I also just realized like, I don't want to be two different people either. Yeah. Um, and to me, the social media person is, is me. Mm-hmm. My family kind of sees like a, a, a different, a different me. That's not really me. Exactly. You know? And so I'm trying to connect the person that I have, you know, online with mm-hmm. the person that I am in real life in because real life. I feel more open and transparent online than mm-hmm. I do with my family. Yeah. And I think social media can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really important that sometimes we do have to take that step back and say, okay, yeah. let's reevaluate it. You exactly. know, what, what's going on? Why are you doing this? Exactly. Um, and yeah, reevaluate yeah. that. And, and that's like, you know, you just spoke to that, like with social media, I kind of just, it's weird. I kind of made the switch of like personalities you know, because <clears throat> before it was like social media and and real life math, you had to like connect. And that was just like, you know, toxic for me. You know, if you see my social media, I'm very like flashy out there. Mm-hmm. But like now, like, I'm just like, you know what? I honestly don't care. Like the, like the reason why I become a little bit more private on social media, like, you know, I just literally just post my pictures and just like kind of go is because <clears throat> I'm still I'm still learning. and I'm still growing. And I want to be, uh, I want to be as real as possible to the people who are in my life daily. And I want to be real and transparent. I don't, I don't want like, you know, like, you know, to, to be two different people and everything like that. And so once in a while, I always post like, 
on like my story or something like that. I'm just like, you know, literally like with my fashion and everything, that's just a physical aspect, but mm-hmm. that's not me at all. Like I'm not, you know, like I'm a very goofy homebody person, you know, people on, I remember I used to get like, oh, I thought you wouldn't, if you saw me, wouldn't talk. And I'm just like, I'm the most talkative, most mm-hmm. goofiest person ever. And I had to realize like, you know, what are you putting out there? Mm-hmm. And and I had to, you know, take a step back because, you know, social, the social media personality became the real life personality. And mm-hmm. I was just like, nah, you can't do that. Like, you know, let's, let's separate that. You know, if you like just post your pictures and go, but don't, don't think that's you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? My clothes don't make me, all these things don't make me. But, yeah. um, and it, and it's hard when it comes to family. It's, it's very hard, especially. I don't know like, why that is. It's, 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 it's very, because we've lived and we grew up with them. And so that, like subconsciously, those are the people who matter to us the most. Their opinions matter the most. Mm. You know, you go to, like, let's say you go to school and you're getting made fun of every day. You want to run home. But it's different when it's the people that, you know, you live with or the people that you love or, or the people that you may hold dear, near and dear to your heart. Mm. And you're going to feel that more as betrayal rather than a stranger. And so it's just like, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to, um, I'm going to like, you know, show an image out there or like, you know, people can see me, the real me out there, but at home, you know, because we know how our family is, Mm -hmm. we know how our family is and how they may, you know, receive us. I remember when, um, when, uh, my mom and I, we discussed and talked about like, you know, like my past lifestyle and everything like that when she first found out, oh. Sis was devastated. <laughs> she was devastated. I mean, I was devastated too because I was just like, you know, I mean, I didn't choose this, but at yeah. the same time, like, here we are. Yeah. You know, but over the years, like, we talk about any and everything now. Mm. Over the years, all because of that, like, one uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> we've even become prayer, uh, like, prayer partners and everything mm-hmm. like that. And um, it was to the point where she didn't know how in-depth my life was with God, you know, because I'm so, like, people just see me, like, as one way, just, like, you know, but there's so much more to me than just, like, the surface level. Yeah. So she thought I was just, like, you know, just kind of, like, here and there. But then when she would hear, like, you know, I'm praying for my friends on the phone or something like that, or I'm doing something, like, you know, I just, I'm just the type of person, I just don't like to put a lot of those things out there. I like mm-hmm. to work behind the scenes when it comes to that. Because yeah. And that's you how you're supposed to do Yeah, that's how you're supposed to. That's why, like, you know, with the social media, I took a step back from, like, doing all of that because I don't want to be seen, like, you know, for a man's eyes. To, like, oh, hey, I'm still a Christian, blah, blah. But, you know, I started to show her the real me, mm-hmm. you know. And it was scary at first because I didn't know how she was going to receive it. Yeah. I really don't know. Even when I told her I was doing therapy, the first time I told her, she laughed about it. Wow. Because she was, like, therapy. Then the next time, like, you know, when I came around, I just looked so, like, happy and so peaceful. She was like... So how much is it? You know, like literally she, (laughs) and like, you know, we talk about those type of things. So that's good. Yeah. Be transparent with the ones in front of you rather than, you know, because like not to say other people don't matter, but they matter the most most to us. So that's true. That's good advice. Well, thank you for, you know, just sharing everything. Um, I start therapy Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Um, 
And if anyone's looking for a counselor, um, I found mine on Faithful Counseling. Mm-hmm. You found yours where? Uh, BetterHelp.com. Okay. And so they ask you a series of like questions. They're going to ask you your name, your ethnicity. Well, not your name, but your age, your ethnicity, um, gender, sexuality, religion. It's like a, literally a series of questions. Mm-hmm. And then um, the following questions would be like, would you like to... Um, um, have a therapist based on your religion or your sexuality or your ethnicity. So they try to match like as much as possible. Um, they're not always going to get it on spot, but if, if it doesn't match well, then you can um, switch to another therapist. Okay. So it's pretty, you know, flexible that way too as well. Okay. And for better help, um, does it go through insurance or is that your own like pay out of pocket thing? Um, I personally paid out of pocket. I didn't look into the insurance option. Okay. But they do have a financial aid option. So, okay. for example, if you're a student, they know people like, or if you're just, um, you know, you can't afford the full price, you can always uh, apply for the financial aid. And the financial aid is just like a discount. Okay. So I ended up, um, I ended up getting, I think, 40% off. Okay. Yeah. So depending on like your needs and everything like that, or how you explain it to them, um, like literally it's an application. They just approve you like right then and there. Mm. So, okay. Yeah. Well, this is exciting, guys. Get get therapy. Please, um, please get it. We all need it. We all yeah. we're all <laughs> screwed up in some ways, <laughs> and we have to relearn some things. I mean, everyone, even if you yeah. grow up in the greatest home, you can still, oh yeah, you know, have it. have issues. So, yeah. um, I'm excited that you're here. Thank you for joining us thank today. You, thank this you, is thank great, you. and yes. we will see you guys soon. Um, we're not going to have podcasts every week, but we will just kind of be throwing them out there when we do them because yeah. this year is kind of crazy. <laughs> so just be on the lookout. Yes. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.